Hello and welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the key trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening into another episode. There's no doubt that the good seasons and grass fever has lit up cattle markets and prices are just exceeding all expectations. I don't think there's many around that would have thought it could sustain at these record levels for so long, but there's no sign of the downturn yet because cattle are just hard to get your hands on. So today we have Andrew Hoskin from Hoskin Stock and Lands back with us on the podcast to have a chat about what he's seeing in the market, how cattle sales are tracking, what the quality of the cattle was like, and what sort of margins there are to be made at these prices. As always, a few highlights across our commodity markets this week before we get started. Lamb and sheep markets have come under pressure again this week. The Eastern States trade lamb indicator has dropped over 12% since October, but lamb prices are still higher than they were this time last year. The falls for mutton, though, have been more dramatic and it's sitting below levels of 12 months ago. So we're really starting to see some more supply pressure come on the market with lamb yardings picking up, but slaughter rates are still lagging below seasonal expectations. On the grain front, cash prices have fallen recently in the face of more grower selling. There's also a lot of very heavy rain on the forecast for eastern Australia in the coming weeks, and if there is broad-scale weather damage, that could mean tighter supply of milling wheat than what the trade's expecting to come in. Thanks for listening in. I hope you really enjoy this episode with Robert Herman and Andrew Hoskin. Thanks for tuning in to Commodity Conversations. This week is brought to you by ProAdvice. ProAdvice offer tailored services to suit your accounting needs. They have a long history of working with farming families and they understand the day-to-day realities and challenges of farm life. Whether it be strategic and succession planning, improving your communication and decision-making, or accounting services and business software solutions, ProAdvice will help your farm run more efficiently. Hop on their website or give them a call to find out more. Well, thanks for the introduction, Olivia. And yes, we've, um, we're getting into that period where we all get very excited in the cattle business. And when we want to know what's going on, we certainly go back to our old mate, Hosco from Hoskin Stock and Land. Andrew, welcome to Commodity Conversations again. Great to have you back. Oh, very pleased, Robert and, uh, and Olivia, and uh, always a pleasure to, to listen and uh, share ideas and information. Uh, I think that's uh, the, the key. Well, you certainly do that. You're very generous in that respect. Can I just start off by throwing you down almost a rank full toss to start with? This, so <laughs> what happened? The, the drought broke. We know the drought broke. And then since the drought broke, we've had uh, above average conditions. And that's been a real driver of the market. Now, the question to you, Hosco, is can the great season continue to be the driver of the market or is there other fundamentals that are going to have to kick in? Uh, I think the last two or three years have been a little bit unprecedented just in the the left field things that have come in. Um, There's going to continue to be pressures on supply and pressures on rebuilding. The old adage where you can't uh, separate cockies with grass is uh, proven very, very true. Um, They need to be aware that they've got to target markets and things at the other end. 
Um, I think we've seen uh, um, enormous pressures placed on the tours over the last 12 months, but then uh, we've also moved where rather than us come back to overseas, uh, in some instances, there's a few board from overseas. So uh, touch wood, that'll make for a gentle landing for Australian producers that are seeing the best returns uh, they've seen in real terms. It's just been incredible the last uh, two years and uh, those people that have been able to take advantage of it have done very, very well. And, and I don't mean to, to be negative, but there's still quite a few areas that uh, um, they still need rain or need to get some continuity. And then uh, um, a hell of a lot of them, it's a very long drawn out process for them to restock and rebuild. Yeah, and look, um, you raise a, raise a good point. And, and we know that you're either talking to people up and down the breadth of the cattle country or you're visiting them and driving around in your... Um, in your day-to-day activities, Hosco, tell us what it's like in some of these areas. So, how, so we're getting towards that that Queensland wet season, and I, and I think you know probably everyone's a bit interested in to think, well, what happens? You know, let's just say we have an average wet season this year. What happens to those Queensland cattle properties and the and their selling approaches? The big thing uh, the last two years have taught us is uh, the likes of these Zoom meetings and phone hookups. The the drive around every day sort of has been minimised quite significantly, and uh, but so is also the information that's coming through. So uh, you're looking at uh, videos, or uh, I laugh, done it before today. I had a fellow ring not all that far away that was in a set of cattle yards uh, looking to sell some stock, and he sent me through a, a FaceTime discussion that uh, I actually hadn't done that before. So that in itself was interesting. You had. Uh, two more experienced gentlemen sort of uh, cattle uh, um, over FaceTime. So uh, we're seeing all of that come to play. When it comes back to the season and everything uh, from where we had probably the worst uh, in living memory um, and off the back of that, that certainly takes time to reapers that have uh, um, had consistent rain have done very, very well. Um, and have been able to take advantage of the improved seasons. Still a lot of places that it's been patchy storm rain and uh, we need it to come through. Uh, I had a, a good friend that drove from uh, west of New South Wales through above Rockhampton and then across to uh, um, Claremont Emerald and back down through Roma and uh, it was dry most of the way. Obviously, places that had a bit of dry feed or some good feed in amongst it, but uh, there was much more dry areas than good areas. Um, and it's that time of year. We're now into uh, November. Um, in the north, you want to wet. In the south, you want to finish off the harvest. Um, you know, they're getting towards finishing their harvest in around Claremont and Emerald. Uh, they're about to kick into gear down through Moray and Narrabri and that sort of thing, and uh, that'll take up a, a fair bit of... Uh, producers time over the next six or eight weeks because uh, even with the dreadful mouse plague that we had earlier earlier on uh, the crops have still come and come through and uh, uh, looking very very good and uh, you know wool and wheat have always traditionally put uh, uh, big dollars back out into producers uh, to uh, keep them going into the next period. Well, I think um, I know. I know you're also got your finger on the pulse with with property prices, Hosco. And I I'm a bit of at a loss. I don't know what happens next with property prices, but gee, they're strong values. What what are you seeing? 
Well, it, it appears to be that uh, um, we're now looking at real estate markets probably not dissimilar to the rest of the world in that uh, um, they're not just looking at what they can return offered on an annual basis. Uh, I think they're factoring in a fair bit of uh, a fair bit of asset value and uh, that's what makes it really hard when you're sitting there trying to justify a short-term uh, return at ten and fifteen thousand dollars a cow area it makes it very very difficult but uh, the old adage that they don't make it anymore is so true and uh, the better quality places i think uh, the changes are reflected by the sheep and cattle markets and those operators that have been able to take advantage um, neighbours that uh, have got strong equity even through the drought but are able to take advantage of that and uh, you know they're knocking out thousand and two thousand dollar calves where they used to be uh, three and four and five hundred so uh, um, that certainly got people back on on their feet quickly and uh, those in a position to can take advantage of it so uh, they're also seeing the the cheapest lending regime that you've seen in my lifetime, um, where funds and access to it is uh, reasonably simple and very, very cheap. Now, you, you just mentioned calves and the prices of calves. Now, before we go to the price of calves, I, I just want, I mean, a lot of people will remember, you know, you've come to these big wiener calf sales that start down in the southern Victoria, uh, Gippsland and other places. And uh, people, there'd be a shudder go through the crowd when you'd drive in Hosco because everyone was worried that you were going to, uh, you know, dominate it. What are you seeing now, though? What are these cars? First of all, before we talk about price, what are you seeing these cars look like? Because we all know that livestock like a bit of sun on their backs. And this year hasn't had a lot of sun on their backs. What can you tell us about the state of the calves this year? Well, if, if you're meaning the Western District, well, certainly the market down there is as strong as it is anywhere. Uh, a couple of new uh, selling centres, um, they've attracted stock from a huge area and uh, um, it's very, very, very strong. Is it sustainable? Um, uh, it depends on the quality of the cattle and how the seasons are. Um, I was talking to people uh, that have had cattle doing well over two kilos a day sort of thing, and uh, uh, that makes a big difference to any uh, um, any uh, end, end result is when you've got high performance. The quality of the cattle in the south has always been undoubted where they can slot just about every market, um, and we've seen the last few years I've spoken to you about it before, where there's such a huge emphasis on uh, on quality and and brand and uh, target market. So uh, um, I don't think there's any worries whatsoever about the quality cattle in the south making uh, strong money, and the female portion will make uh, um, as much as the steers, and for the very good ones, will more than likely make more. Um, yeah, it, it's going to continue. The numbers, will they be there? I don't think they will be for a few years. Um, it'll take a while to rebuild and uh, quite a few people in that area where you are that uh, they've gone back to a spring calving or they've grown their sheep numbers or um, that has an influence. The same as those in fattening and buying areas, the drought and then the market of the last two years uh, You've seen traders buying cattle out of Western Australia, out of the Territory, out of Tasmania. Um, I know there's a lot of freight, but then it's become a 
calculator and a massive game. Where can you buy them? What can you make out of them? And uh, uh, how many can you get? And that hasn't changed, even though they're into harvest and lesser numbers and uh, people with their mind on other things. Uh, the store stock demands continues unabated and that keeps the pressure on uh, any of the processors and feedlotters that they all desperately need to try and get a, a little bit more margin to keep their a little bit uh, better. But uh, farmers are still looking to restock right across the nation and uh, um, it's what's driving the market. Well, for the, for the industry, a restocking program is great for the longer term. Um, but we all know, Hosco, that, uh, you know, a good season, if you're a grazier, whether it's whether you run sheep or cattle, a good season is not what makes the money. It's what you do with that good season. So, so the farmers are lining up to buy those good quality stock and to, and to turn it into a, a, a profitable year. And, and you're right. The, the challenge is, you know, what's the fair price and how can we get the stock? And, uh, and that's going to be this, the challenge going forward, I think. I think what gets interesting is, um, and the young people all have all sorts of calculators and means of measuring and this sort of thing, but uh, when you sit there and factor in a reasonable weight gain in a good year, we're starting to see some really good ones with the warm weather on their back in the rainfall areas at the moment. The cattle are doing incredibly well. Equally, uh, you don't see the guts go out of uh, the cattle that are coming in off those drier areas, like they're weighing less than you thought sort of uh, in Western Queensland, Western New South Wales. Um, but uh, if, if they're targeting the markets and everything, uh, you've still been able to generate returns out of some cattle because uh, every kilo they're putting on, they're potentially getting five or six bucks back from the from the feedlots or the end user when they go to sell them, whereas in the past you were buying them and you were getting $2 back um, or $3 back sort of thing. So, like, uh, um, as expensive as it is and it's difficult, those doing a good job and targeting the right markets are still uh, um, probably making uh, good margins uh, Although it's very scary, there's a hell of a lot more capital required and the, uh, the outlay, uh, you look at it and it sort of starts to get uh, a bit scary sometimes when you look at it, but uh, they're still making money. Um, and if we get a wheat harvest come along behind, a cereal crop right across uh, and canola um, across uh, the, the southeast uh, uh, you know, it's going to keep the job ticking and we've seen what lamb's been doing. Uh, you know, it, lamb and cattle can both come off 10 or 20% and producers are still making more than they have done for, for the last 30 or 40 years. It's a good point. And I'm, I'm talking today on Commodity Conversations to Andrew Hoskin. Uh, and you can tell that, uh, you know, we can tell, Hosko, the breadth of your knowledge from uh, Hoskin Stock and Land is, is great. And we thank you very much for being generous in, in uh, sharing that information with us. Now, I know today that you're in Tamworth and uh, I've, I've had some great trips to Tamworth, but one of the best ones was to the Country Music Festival. Now, I'm hoping that, you know, they're really gearing up next January for a big one. Is that the case? Uh, yeah, at this point, she's all systems go and they'll uh, continue to do things. We all have to change our behaviours a little bit with COVID and uh, what's happened over the last two years, but certainly the businesses that are here are fired up, ready for action, and uh, uh, no doubt uh, you can have a wonderful time with a little bit more room to groove uh, in the bush. 
<laughs> and it's a very good good point. And I would encourage anybody who goes to Tamworth to also go out to that fantastic, um, what would you call it, the, the arena where they, the rodeos and the camp drafts and that go. Yeah, it, it's, it's a hidden gem, isn't it, Hosco? Oh, it's quite amazing. The the people that had the foresight to build it and uh, attract uh, the horse events from all over Australia, and it doesn't matter whether it's dressage through to the cutting and the show jumping right through. Uh, it's uh, attracting people every other weekend uh, and brings a lot of people into the town. So it's proven to be uh, a significant attraction and it's worth going to have a look at. It's a bit like uh, when you were kids from the bush and you went to the city, you sort of uh, looked at the opera house and wondered what the hell it is. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, the centre out there is not dissimilar, It's uh, but really makes it great to go and see any event. It's magnificent. And I know within Mercado, Costco, we've got a few younger generations who haven't been to Tamworth Country Music Festival, and I'm pretty sure they haven't been to that either. Well, So hopefully we've simulated their interest. But um, in all seriousness, um, Andrew, thank you very much for the insights. It's just great. I, I'm thinking that, you know, there's going to be a big story unfold in the next few months when these cattle markets start up. So we're hoping that you'll be good enough to come back and join us again sometime in the future. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you and uh, all the best to all your listeners and uh, uh, good luck to them for the wonderful prices they've been getting for the last couple of years. It's uh, well due and uh, um, uh, wonderful for those who've been able to take advantage of it. Beautiful. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Commodity Conversations. If you're looking for more detailed information on commodity markets, you can head to the Mercado website and pick up a premium subscription, which will give you full access to all our archive of reports, as well as all the fresh analysis as it's delivered and access to our team of analysts. Thanks again, and until next week, take care.